heard actually about a church down south that uh, the pastor was in a building project, kind of like we are with, with downtown, and which, by the way, we're, well, we'll keep you posted on that. It's still a work in progress, but we hope to be up and running uh, late spring, early summer, and we're just, you know, we're praying. <laughs> we're believing. The city's always got one little thing that we always have to. Well, this, this preacher was kind of the same thing, and, and, he, and he said, uh, you know, his congregation was, was younger, and they're more contemporary music, kind of like us. He thought, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll see if someone wants to give a gift of $10,000, and I'll let them pick out three hymns. And you're thinking maybe he gets some of the older people money, okay? And so he, he puts the plea out and says, hey, if, if, you, uh, if, if you'll give a gift of $10,000 to our, our building project, I'll let you pick out three hymns. And uh, a young professionally uh, dressed woman stood up and uh, just shocked him. They're like, I, he wasn't expecting that. And she said, Pastor, I'll give you $10,000 for the building project. And and uh, he said, okay, uh, I'll, I'll let you pick out three hymns. And, and she turned and looked and said, I'll take him and him and, and him. <laughs> that had nothing to do with my message, but I thought it was cute. And uh, I may ask you for $10,000 someday. And, you know, if they're not married, go ahead and take them. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> hey, God is good, right? All right, stand with me for the reading of the Word of God today, would you please? Out of Luke's Gospel, the 10th chapter, verses 1, 2, and the first three words of chapter 3, or uh, verse 3. After this, the Lord appointed, and you want to make note of that word appointed. This is critical to what we're going to talk about today. Appointed 72 others and sent, same thing there, appointed and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Verse number two says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Go your way. Pause and it moves on. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you that it's alive. We thank you, Lord, that it's abundant within of us. So I pray right now for each person here, Lord, that we would open our hearts to hear, Lord, the appointment that you have for us today. Lord, that we can be appointed by you to do a good work, Lord, for your kingdom, to enrich your kingdom, and to add to your kingdom. So, Lord, let us open our ears to hear, Father, Lord, our eyes to see your word and our heart to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody in agreement said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. Okay, so we've been talking the last two weeks about evangelism encounter life. And uh, this is the third week. We'll end, we'll end it next week. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we're in position because our goal between now and Easter is to reach 4,000 additional homes uh, in the area so that we can give them what we Encounter Life calls an engager. But basically what we're trying to do is give them an engager and ask each home, that can we pray with them? We don't, we're not debating our cause. We're not defending the cause of Christ. All that's good. Not saying it's not. But we're simply knocking on the door and we're saying, hey, can I pray with you about anything? Now, most people will take prayer. I think Janie and I have done this an awful lot. We've done it in our community here. We've done it in Cherokee community. We've done it in Trinidad. And I think one person told us that, no, we can't, we can't pray for you. Or you. They don't want our prayer. So that's not a bad ratio. And so what we want you to do after service is grab some engagers outside their little pack on the table. And then I'd, I would love for you to give out at least 20 engagers between now 
and Easter Sunday. So that's, you know, if you give out five each Saturday uh, and you don't have to give them in your neighborhood, you could. Uh, you can give them to coworkers. If you have a business, you can give them to people that come in uh, in your business or, or people that you deal with. Uh, you can give them uh, wherever you're allowed to give them. Some places maybe won't let you display them or give them. We don't want you to uh, do against whatever uh, the, the rules are at that place of employment. But uh, hit a neighborhood. And we're going to go out, I think, on April the 4th, which is a Thursday night from 4 to 6. We're going to take teams out around the city, around the community, and we're going to hit some doors. And we're going to just say, hey, can we pray with you and show them the love of Jesus? How many thinks it's a good thing that we go and share the good news of Jesus Christ and pray with people, right? It's important. It's also a command, but it's also there's some blessings attached to it. I want to talk to you today about the blessings that are attached to it because it's important. Anything that you do for God, you don't do for the blessings, but anything you do for God, God will bless you. God will reward you in that return. So write these four words down if you have pen, paper. Oh, if you have a book, if you don't have a book, raise your hand because we have ushers that will give you a book this morning. If you need an encounter life guide, you can grab one, a few hands here and there. Just keep your hand up, and they will, they will give you a book, okay? And so write these four words down. I'll, I'm going to approach it just a little bit differently than I did the first service. So the first word that you want to write down is purpose. There are four words that begin with P, a purpose. is the first word you're going to write down. We'll come back to it in a moment. The second word that you want to write down is prosper. Everybody likes that word in church, prosper. Some people don't like the prosperity, but I think it's, a, it's part of it. Talking to a, a young couple this morning about just the whole balance of the gospel, and I feel like we're going to teach even the whole balance of the gospel uh, this, this morning. The third word is benefit. I know, profit. I'm sorry, profit. So purpose, prosper, profit, which is a little different than prosper. Write down profit. And then the last word is proclaim. We want to make sure that we proclaim, okay? And then you can, uh, off, if, you, if you're like me and you wrote those in a, in a list, on, write down from each other, off to the side, write the word peace. Because peace is involved in those uh, four things as well. And we see here in uh, Luke's gospel, Luke's a physician, so he writes a little bit more detailed. And he's looking at how Jesus sent these uh, men and probably women out two by two. Now we know that he gave them power in verse 9 and 10 to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to proclaim the good news, all those things. And then they, if, they, if someone isn't uh, welcoming them, just to brush off the dust of their feet and to move on, which by the way is a real good method of forgiveness. If someone's done something to you, just kind of brush that off and move forward. Easier said than done, I know, but it's good practice, okay? We'll cover the end of this story next week, but Jesus is commissioning uh, his disciples, not only his disciples, but uh, Christ's followers, of which we are Christ's followers. So if you're a Christ follower today, I'll show you at the end of this message that Jesus is commissioning you to do things for him. This is why we get saved. We get saved so we don't go to hell, right? We get saved so that we can go to heaven, spend eternity, but while we're here on earth, there is work to be done. And in that work that needs to be done, then the Lord lays those things out for us. So this is what Luke explains. Also, the same story is in Mark, and so it's, it's confirmed within itself. But we know that Jesus sent them out. They came back. They were happy. They rejoiced. They were blessed. So I want to show you today that by doing the work of the Lord, there's blessings that are attached to it, but there's things that we have to do 
in that. Again, we don't work so that we get blessed, but just like a workman is worthy of his hire, God wants to bless you, but he also wants us to be obedient. So I'm going to flip over to Isaiah, and we're going to walk through Isaiah 48, verse by verse, from 14 to 20, so that you can see, okay, if you're in your book, you want to go to pages 28 to 31, 28 to 31, and it's going to have four words in there, love, life, look, and lead. Well, I'm changing those four words with, with the four Ps because I think it's more appropriate to see what the Old Testament looked like so that we can understand then this New Testament. Jesus came to fulfill the prophetic word in the Old Testament, but he leaves us with um, obligation. He leaves us with command. He leaves us with even prophetic words that tells us to go and proclaim. We'll get to that. So Isaiah 48, verse 14 says this, assemble all of you and listen. All right, exclamation point, like emphasis, hey, you need to listen to this. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. So the, the Lord loves you when you start to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now think about that for a second because it's simple. Like you want to make Jesus happy? You want to make him proud? Just start telling people, hey, Jesus loves you. Man, we're not going to judge you. Jesus loves you. Yeah, but what about, time out for a second. Jesus loves you. You know, Jesus died for everybody. That's hard to comprehend sometimes, isn't it? But Jesus died for everybody. He died for the worst, most vile person on earth he died for. He died for the greatest, best person, Mother Teresa type on earth he died for. But he loves when people tell people about him. So he loves them, okay? And he shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Sheldeans. Now let's stop there for a second, because you want to write down where it says purpose, perform his purpose. I believe in this scripture, Isaiah is telling us, forecasting, even unto today, St. Patrick's Day in 2019, that he, he's telling us, okay, that he's going to perform a purpose for us. Every person here, you have a purpose. There's a purpose in your life. You might be a teacher. You might be a, a businessman. You might be a, a stay-at-home parent. You might be a, a small business owner. You might be a, a student. You might be a young person. You might be at the senior age of your life. Maybe you're retired. You have a purpose, and that purpose, if it does not center around Jesus, may be a little bit off the mark. Okay, because God wants his, his plan to fulfill your purpose, all right, and your purpose to fulfill his plan. And so when we understand the purpose of this thing, so that when we got saved, we didn't just get, a, get out a free held card, we got saved to say, okay, Lord, what part of the purpose am I going to play, okay? And by the way, can we give a shout out to all of our online viewers? We have a large online audience that, that watches every week. We're... We're, we love you. We're praying for the people in Nebraska that are, that are flooding and cattle are dying. We're praying for uh, all the people around the country. We have really special friends that, that watch every week from different areas of the country. Nebraska, South Carolina, Iowa, Kansas, uh, Florida. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. And we're, we're really praying for our loved ones back in the Midwest who are, man, they just had a, a winter, you know, blizzards and snow and then warm weather and floods. And it's just been, just been awful. But what, so what's our purpose? What's our purpose? And, and, and we don't know for sure, like, how God's going to work our purpose out. 
But we know that we have a purpose, and we know that one of those purposes is that we need to tell people about Jesus. It seems elementary, but if that's the case, then George Barna, who's a church statistician, says this, 87% of the people polled said that they would go to church if they were invited. In other words, 87% of the people are never invited to church. And in Catawba County, in Caldwell County, the same is almost true. 23.9% North Carolina government statistics state, 23.9% will be in church this morning. The other 77% will not be in church right here in Catawba and Caldwell County. That's amazing. That's a quarter of a million people, church, and 220,000 of them will not be in church. Sorry about that. Oh, that wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> thought that was my shoe. <laughs> so my ears are bad. I have depth of... Anyway. <laughs> that was perfect timing, though, so... <laughs> if nothing else, you walk away with a good laugh, right? 220,000 people are not in church this morning. Now, some will say, hey, I, I, go, I belong to a church, I, but they don't necessarily go because sometimes church turns people off, all right? And we have to find our purpose. And so this is St. Patrick's Day. There was a um, gentleman back in the 400s named Maywin Sukkot, and Maywin was captured at the age of 16 years old uh, by some rebels uh, from Ireland, and he was taken to Ireland where he was put in a work camp, and in prison, he worked all day long, he just, and he, and he slept a few hours each night, he was beaten, and he stayed there for six solid years, couldn't wait to get out. Finally, he escaped, went back to Scotland, where he was from, and for two decades, the Lord, he said, burdened him on having to go back to Ireland. I got to go back to Ireland, I have to love those people who did that harm to me. Now think about that, because a lot of times we want to rebuke people that hurt us, we want to just... We would just do away with people that hurt us. And I do think in some cases we have to not bring that up again. But the Lord burdened and passioned him to where he went back after two decades against his parents' will, really against the government's will. He went into Ireland where there's nothing but rebels at the time. And the missionary, uh, Maywin Sukkot, who we call St. Patrick, who at this day is named after, helped win Ireland for the next 30 years until his death. He became a missionary to the people that absolutely hated him. That was his purpose, and he states that in one of his books. This was my purpose in life. Now, your purpose in life may not be that difficult, may not be that extreme. Your purpose in life might be to grab some engagers and go down the street and say, hey, can I pray for you? But at least it's a start, right? We have to start somewhere. And so maybe yours is a terrible instance where God allowed you to go through it, helped you through it, worked you through it to where you can help other people go through it. Maybe that's your purpose to show the undying love of Jesus Christ. But every person here has a purpose. Let's go on to verse number 15 then. Even I have spoken and called him, I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Now, here's what the scripture tells us, and this is the second part we talked about, prosper. He will prosper. I believe the scripture is telling us as we read through it that if we do what God has called us to do, if we find our purpose in Christ, 
and we find what our purpose is in the knowledge of Jesus telling us what to do, that his desire is then to cause us to prosper. John 10 and 10, the uh, uh, devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, but I came to give life, and I came to give that more abundantly, right? So the abundance there, it means to super abound in life. It means just like you can't even plan it. This is an unexpected gain is what the word prosper means in the Greek, an unexpected gain. You didn't look for it. You didn't plan on it. In fact, things that you tried, and all of a sudden, it just happened. It just, it just came, and there's been unexpected gain in mine and Janie's life over, over the years that we've been married. We didn't expect things. And we didn't look for things, and all of a sudden, they, they take about. I believe part of that is because that we look at the purpose that we exist. Why do we exist? Well, sure, we want to be a good husband and wife. Sure, we want to be good parents and grandparents. Sure, we want to we uplift the Lord, but our purpose is that we need to tell people about Jesus, not because of our occupation, not because of who we are in the, in the community, but because of who we are in the kingdom. Same is true with you. Because of who you are in the kingdom, God expects you to go out and do things for him. But because he says a workman is not as worthy of his, a workman is worthy of his hire, he's going to reward you for doing that. How many likes to be rewarded from God? I mean, that's a, listen, church, that's a good, there's no reward better than that, all right? Salvation, first of all, eternal life, right? Uh, maybe you've been healed. Maybe there's been a miracle in your life. Maybe something's taking place. We've encountered miracles in our life, in our family, in my wife. We've encountered miracles in finances and resources. We've encountered miracles with relationships and restoration. We've encountered miracles in our life. A lot of it is because I feel like we understand our purpose is not to pastor a church, which we enjoy doing. Our purpose is to take Tell people that Jesus loves them. Simple as that. But he, he says then in Isaiah, through a prophetic word, he will cause his way to be prosperous. He's going to bless those people. He's going he's to lay it on them so that, again, because he knows if he keeps those people solvent, if he keeps them solid, that they'll be telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's move on to verse number 16. And then we'll read 17. Draw near to me. Hear this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. Again, we saw back in Luke where he was talking about appointment. He was talking about sending. Verse number 17 then uh, comes to this. says, this, thus says the Lord, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the ways that you should go. So there's the second, the third part, rather. So we go purpose, we go prosper, and now we go profit. So we're teaching people, all right, that if we do what God tells us to do, then the Lord says he will teach us in ways of how to be prophet. He did that with Solomon. He sat Solomon down and said, Solomon, whatever you ask for is yours. And Solomon said, man, I'm just going to ask for wisdom. Would you just give me wisdom? And God said, because you've asked for wisdom and not a big army and not a lot of houses and not, and not a lot of this and not a lot of that, I'm going to give you and make you the richest man in the world that ever lived. I'm going to make you uh, high above everything else. You're going to be smart. You're going to have wisdom. So he asked for that. He taught them. He taught him. And so the Lord teaches us then how to profit. Profit is a little bit different than to prosper. 
Prosper, again, can be that unexpected windfall. But to profit means that, okay, the Lord's going to teach us in this realm. He's going to show us in that realm. He's going to help us. There's ways in our, in our life, maybe it is a business deal. Maybe it is a contract. Maybe it is a sales call. Maybe it is a, a, a special meeting. He's going to teach you on how to profit. He'll tell us when to keep our mouth shut. He'll tell us when to open our mouth. He'll tell us when we need to buy something or when we need to sell something. I, I dabble a little bit in the stock market, and, and uh, uh, I tell Janie when I'm going to buy something or sell something. And there was a, a company that she likes uh, and she shops at occasionally, and uh, I saw their stock was way down. And so I said, I'm going to buy some of that stock. I just feel like, like it's time. And so I bought some stock, and she said, oh, good, should I, should I go shop there so that... Uh, we can drive the stock up. I said that would that would defeat the purpose. Let's not let's not shop there just yet. Let's let's wait and see. And so I watched the market. I watched the stock, and the stock uh, ended up doubling in price. And so I said, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. Uh, I'm gonna sell that that the shares I own in that company because the the market doubled, and it doubled like within maybe two months or so. I watched it. I keep her posted, and I felt like I really felt like it was a a spiritual thing. I don't want to blame that on the Holy Spirit, but I felt like the Lord was showing me how to how to profit. And so uh, I sold it, and I thought, you know, that that stock's going to double again. It sure is. I'm, I'm just going to, I wish I wouldn't have sold it. Well, after I sold it, I start watching it, and it is actually lower now than when I bought it. So I sold it for a nice profit, and, and there's the key word there, profit. Now, that's just a small example of what, and don't try this at home. Don't be, don't go buy a bunch of stock, because pastor said, buy stock. That's why I'm not telling you the company. The Lord will teach you how to raise your children. The Lord will teach you how to work with coworkers. The Lord will teach you how to handle neighbors. The Lord will help you with unruly people. The Lord wants to teach you how to profit. This word profit is not necessarily a material gain. This word profit is how to be the best person that you can be in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Because it's important. Because sometimes what you learn in church, say, well, I learned how to profit. Well, uh, I'm going to go to that church. It's not all about that. It's how to be the best person you can be. How to handle a situation in your life. How to, the Lord will teach you how to do that. What? How? If you go and proclaim the word of the Lord to people that need to know it. This is what both Luke is telling us, and this is what both Isaiah is telling us. That if we do what we are told to do. Did anybody here, don't raise your arm, did anybody here have a problem doing what they were told to do growing up? I said don't raise your arm, bro. But I, I kind of thought that anyways, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's times in our life, right? My wife, I could tell you stories for the next three Sundays on her. <laughs> with her permission. I mean, listen, sometimes we have a hard time. Well, what we have to be careful is we can't bring that into Christendom. We can't bring that into being a Christ follower. If Jesus is asking us to do something, we need to do it, right? I mean, that's important for us to do it. Why is that important? Because one, it's his command. Two, he does have blessings that will follow. 
And if you're struggling and say, man, I just don't know how to get blessed, I would say find someone that you can help, find someone you can witness to, find someone you can share the gospel with, and watch how it fulfills you, and all of a sudden some of these other problems just come in on the backside. Let's read on to verse 18 and 19. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Right, there you go. Again, it's a command here we're hearing from the Lord. Then, my, then your peace would have been like a river. So listen, he's saying this. We talk a lot about anxiety. We talk a lot about hesitation. And, and he's saying, and maybe it won't happen uh, overnight, but if you do what God wants you to do in the realm of evangelism, you undoubtedly will get peace in your life. It will happen. Or the word's a liar. And I don't believe the word's lie. I don't believe God's word's lies at all. So he's saying peace will run like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. We, we've talked about the, the song. We're talking about Jesus walking on the waves and saying peace, be still. Psalm 46 and 10 was quoted in that song. Be still and know that I am God. God wants peace in your life. But he also wants us abundant. He also wants to work. Let's go on to verse number 19. Your offspring would have been like the sand and your descendants like, it, like its grains. Their names would never be cut off or destroyed before me. Verse 20, we'll end with this one. Go out from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans, declare this with a shout of joy, proclaim it. Send it out to the end of the earth, say the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Now stop and camp here just for a couple minutes because there's a couple things here. So shout of joy, right? And so when we come into church, this is when the Lord really wants us to give a shout of joy. If you go to a neighbor with like an engager or a piece of paper or say, hey, I want to pray for you, it's probably not a good thing just to go to his door or her door and just shout at the top of your lungs. That's not really effective evangelism, all right? So what we want to do, we want to shout in church. This is why we ask the worship team to lead us into worship each week. Why is it? Because that's our time. That's the time. And back in the old day, we used to say, we got our shout on today. Can you just take a moment, take five seconds, and just give the Lord a huge shout right now? Can we do that? Just with everything in? Yeah? Yeah, come on. One more time. Come on. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Yeah. Doesn't that feel good? Now, sometimes it might be uncomfortable for people. I'm born and raised in a mainline denomination that didn't shout at all. They were very reverent. And uh, when I first heard, uh, went into a church service and they were shouting and all that, I just wanted to find the back door as quickly as possible. I did not want to be in that service, no matter how good looking the girl was that invited me that I ended up marrying. She was cute, but I'd rather wait outside because those guys were crazy, all right? Uh, little did I know that they just really loved God, all right? And so the Bible here says, with a shout of joy and then proclaim it. So we come in on Sundays or maybe midweek or we come in a different time and we just, or we get to a small group and we're like, man, I want to shout. I got to shout to the Lord, Pastor. I got, I got a testimony. Or maybe we're just, man, we're just amped up because good things are happening. That, that song that's being played just mimics my life. This is what I'm going through. Thank you for singing that song. I got to shout to the Lord. But then we go out from the doors and we proclaim his good news. There's a difference there. Again, we don't want to shout out there. We want to shout in here, but we want to proclaim out there. Now, there might be times where you want to shout. Maybe you're on, you're, you're on the parkway up in the Blue Ridge and you just got to throw your hands up and just shout to God. But when you're going and asking people to pray for him, you got to kind of keep it in context. You want to proclaim it. But he says it there one more time and send it out 
to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob, or his people Israel would be another translation. What's he saying? Israel in the Old Testament, church in the New Testament. We don't believe in replacement theory. We're not replacing Israel. We're just simply taking their place until they find God again and find his favor, okay? So here's what I'm saying. If this is speaking to Israel, then it's speaking to the church. We have to go out. We have to go out and proclaim his good news. It's incumbent upon us. It's important upon us. You say, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor Mark, and you read Luke, and that's like, that's in Luke. But what about like today? What about St. Patrick's Day, March, you know, March 17, 2019? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to John, the 15th chapter for just a second. This is our ending verse, 15 and verse 16, I think, John 15 and 16. Listen to this now, and listen to my words as I read it. You did not choose me. This is what Jesus is saying, but I chose you. Now listen, we all, if you like watching like March Madness and your favorite team, maybe they, maybe they won, maybe your favorite team's going to get uh, picked today for the, for the tournament, and you're like, you're excited, and you think maybe you envisioned yourself at one point in time, and if I coached that team, or if I played for that team, if I did this, and we all want to be a member of a team, or we sport the colors of our favorite team, and rah, rah, I want to pick, Jesus picked you to be on his team. Now, there's not a better team to be on. There's not a better team to be on. Jesus says, you didn't pick me, I picked you. That's all, think about it. The creator of the universe picked you. Where other people maybe didn't pick you. Maybe other people didn't even like you. Maybe other people abused you. Jesus picked you. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. He didn't care about height and weight. Thank God. He didn't care about hair. Man, I got all the, I check all the boxes of someone you don't want to pick. Thank you, honey, for picking me. <laughs> Listen, we can all fall into that category where we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, we're not this, and they're not that. Or some people over here says, well, I'm too good for this. No, you're not. Stop it. You're not the first one drafted. But Jesus picked you. That is so cool. And then he says, and he appointed you. He appointed you. That's each person here. He appointed each one of us to go and bear fruit. Now, this is crunch time. Now we got to produce. What do you mean? It's like you, have you ever, you know, some of you, don't raise your hand, some of you have been in the job where one person's not producing. Like, you got to make up for their slack. And you just want that person to not, like, get, you know, not have a job there anymore. Like, go find another job where you can slouch. I'm tired of picking up your slack all the time. This is what Jesus is saying to the church. I picked you and 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 you. Now go bear fruit. You got to do it. Go bear fruit. And then he says, and that your fruit should abide. We stop there because this last part of the verse, we always are quoting. Come on back, worship team. We're always quoting this last verse, but we kind of forget the first part. And your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. We all say, man, if you ask anything in Jesus' name, he's going to give it to you. Well, yeah, but there's a qualifier. And the qualifier is if you've been picked by Jesus and you've been appointed by Jesus to bear fruit for Jesus, then you need to do that so that whatever you ask in his, the Father in his name, he will do it. See, we don't always like the qualifications, do we? 
Well, Jesus won't heal me, and Jesus won't this, and Jesus won't do that, and I can't lose. I, I tried serving God one time. Well, you did you? So listen, hear, hear me, because this is really important. Jesus wants us to be people who bear fruit. And if we bear fruit, you want to know why some people's prayers just get answered? They're fruit bearers, man. They're, they're bearing fruit. That's, I, that's the only way I can explain it. And they're bearing fruit. And if they're bearing fruit, the Lord wants them out on the field. It's like the good company, the, the best worker seems like they always got the most work. Why? Because they're the best worker. The best athlete, man, they always give him the ball. Or the best basketball player always takes the, the last shot. You Michael Jordan, you know, live in North Carolina, he always wanted the last shot. He missed more than he made. True story, statistically true. He missed more than he made in the final shot, but he always wanted it. Why? Because he knew he was the best player. You are the best player on God's team. He wants you to bear fruit. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head just for a second. I got a question, three, a couple questions I want to answer you really, ask you really quickly. And then if you're comfortable doing so, at the end of each question, I'm going to have to ask you to stand. But I want you to meditate for just a second. Ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, just to kind of minister to you. All right, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I am struggling to find my purpose in life. I want you to stand right now. Just don't even think about it. Just stand. I'm struggling to find my purpose. Okay? Just, and then just keep standing. And there's nothing to be ashamed of, for sure. I, I struggled for years for for my purpose. My, my wife was a worship leader and I had three kids in the seat and like, what in the world am I doing? Well, I was teaching them how to worship, but I didn't realize that because I was, I was too ignorant. All right, second of all, if you say, I need God to prosper me. Pastor, I need, I need God's blessings in my life. I want you to stand right now. And if you've already stood, you just go ahead and keep attaching these, these standings too. So if you, yeah, I want, I want God's blessing. I want God to prosper me. I, want, I, I need those blessings. Okay, number three, if you want God to teach you how to profit, I want you to stand. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, Lord, I want you to teach me how to profit. This is this is so cool. What would you teach me? This is this is a good thing. And then last of all, if you're not ashamed to proclaim it, I want you to stand. You're not ashamed to proclaim who God is in your life. I want you to stand right now. And if, if by this time, just about everybody should be standing. If you're not standing, then uh, you can just we can talk afterwards because you just, which is okay, by the way. But, we understand that as a church, we have to proclaim the good news. So look at, here's the deal, purpose, right? Prosper, profit, and proclaim. If we understand these things in the teaching, in the condensed teaching of this, then we say, okay, God, Lord, I'm here. And this, I, I need to know my purpose. I need to know how to prosper, not necessarily unexpected windfall, but just how to have be in good health. John said, I can teach you how to, I pray that your, your soul would prosper, your health would prosper, your, your finances would prosper. That was, that was Jesus' beloved disciple. And then Isaiah tells us, he's going to teach you how to profit. So we're going to take the offering here in a moment. If you give online, if you give, uh, if you give uh, in the church, if you give the kiosk, I want you to raise your offering or I want you to raise your hand, whatever it takes. I'm going to pray Isaiah 48 and 17. He says, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, I am the Lord your God who teaches you how to profit. And I'm going to pray for each person as they stood or each, uh, each area as they stood. And then as you stood, 
uh, I want you to start to receive as we pray for the offering. Lord, show me my purpose. Lord, show me how to prosper. Lord, show me, teach me how to prosper. Lord, help, help me to proclaim it. I'm, I'm an extreme introvert. I'm shy as can be, and I have a hard time talking to people, uh, especially, you know, like my neighborhood and that. Lord, show me how to proclaim your word. So hold your tithe and offering up to Lord Father in the name of Jesus. Your word says you're the right place, how to profit. You would teach us how to say the right things, how to do the right things, how to go the right places. Father, you would give us purpose, Lord. So I pray, Lord, for those who stood Lord, for their purpose in life, those who, who stood, Father, Lord, to prosper in life, those who stood, Lord, to, to be taught how to profit in life, and those who stood, Lord, how to proclaim you in life. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would make us, Father. You would appoint us. You've chosen us, Lord, and you've appointed us. Now I pray blessings, Father, upon each group of people here. I pray blessings today, Father, Lord, upon this offering, the gift and the giver. And I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, you would challenge each person, Father, Lord, uh, to just take their time and to do their thing, Lord, to know their purpose and to work their cause according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We claim it to be so. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. God bless you.